The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization, and uh, Googleization Nation. Uh, let me start out by just saying that Keith and I hope that uh, all our listeners, um, and again, we've got a growing uh, audience, uh, loyal people. Uh, I keep getting more and more comments of people who heard us and or, or someone shared an episode, but we really do hope that everyone is is safe and healthy in in this new in the new normal, which seems to, you know, every day is a new normal. So I'm not sure how normal it is, but uh, things are moving fast. And, uh, you know, as you've heard me say, I talk about the shift. The shift got really very real this week. And from all indications, uh, it's going to get more real or unreal uh, in the coming weeks. I, I, I told somebody this morning, I said, it sort of feels like I was at a doctor's appointment. Uh, and I said, it sort of would, would just, a, uh, was actually just a checkup. So I'm, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing fine. Um, but I said to somebody, it feels like we're all sort of actors in somebody else's play, um, you know, sort of coming out of a, of, of a movie, um, you know, about, uh, you know, one of these crises that certainly there's been their share of them over the last 30 or 40 years, um, these catastrophic movies. Uh, but it all seems that we're sort of actors and trying to figure our way about. And um, we and in part of that, I do hope that the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show and then also the community Googleization nation uh, is a safe place for everybody to come. I mean, it's free. You can join it. You go to GoogleizationNation.com. Uh, or you can actually text to 64600 uh, and text G Nation, G as in Google, uh, G Nation, uh, 6400. Um, and again, you'll get updates about the podcasts like this. Uh, we've got a bunch of live streams starting to interview quite a few people. On uh, Nobody really has the answers. Uh, but trying to get advice and recommendations and uh, ideas. Uh, and there, there's so many good things coming out. I, I've, I've spent the last few weeks, the last few days, not the last few weeks, but especially the last few days, uh, really attending a, a couple summits, participating in some uh, meetups that are going on, uh, a lot of experts, listening to a lot of organizations and, and companies. Uh, it's overwhelming. I mean, part of it's overwhelming because there's so much information out there. And truth be told, it's, it's not all bad. I mean, there's a lot of people that are coming up with new ways, creative ways, positive ways uh, to get through this. It just seems that, you know, every day that there's a new twist on it. Uh, but everybody's pretty confident uh, that at some point, uh, those who do it right, uh, those who try, those who listen, um, who learn, and, and, and figure out ways to adapt uh, are going to come out of this uh, way ahead. You know, a lot of new opportunities, uh, and especially looking at, uh, 
you know, health, you know, how we take care of people and, and how we manage people, but also healthcare and education. Um, a lot of things that we talked about, the tipping point, that shift, you know, I, my, my subtitle in my book is when the shift hit your plan. Well, the shift hit everybody's plan. And that was sort of what the kick in the butt everyone was looking for, just figure out ways that we can uh, continue to move forward. So, uh, again, we, we hope this is a kind of a safe environment where um, you you can learn a lot, um, but you can also challenge us and you can challenge our guests and ask a lot of questions. Uh, but we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're continuing to move forward and hopefully will be a, a real viable sense of information that you've got, uh, which, which also leads to what we're going to be, one of the things we're going to be talking about today uh, is the remote workforce. Uh, people, you know, we talked about maybe one out of five people were telecommuting before and, and some of those weren't doing it on an everyday basis, but all of a sudden is everybody. Every almost every worker is is remote, or or a significant portion of the population uh, of the workforce is now remote. And um, we we got a great guest, uh, Phil Strazula. Stru, uh, Phil was with us, and we'll bring him on in a minute. But Phil was with us uh, almost a year and a half ago. He was one of our early guests, and uh, we were talking about a uh, number of things. I've interviewed uh, Phil for my. Uh, video or for, of, on a live stream and uh, so you can catch that I think we did that back in maybe November or December um, but we scheduled Phil to talk a little bit about um, you know video interviewing having no idea how relevant it was going to be and uh, so we're, we're actually we're anxious to to hear from Phil Phil keeps track of what's going on in, in the uh, in the tech space a lot of this HR technology and HR software and uh, so he's got a pretty good read on on how to you know what employers should be looking for and what are some of the best practices uh what are some tips for job seekers and candidates and hiring managers so really excited to get into that so we'll get there shortly um but also to put things in perspective keith um you know you're you're in the heat of this you've got um you know uh, life work integration and uh you're also doing roi uh what, what's happening with you you know, it's interesting, Ira. The thing, first and foremost, just to kind of echo the sediment here, uh, everybody in the world now is connected with this unknowingness about what's to come. And, you know, want to wish the best for everyone. And, and, you know, let's do our job to make this pandemic go away as fast as it, as possible. Um, and, and with that, Ira, the... The gist of what I'm seeing out there and, and the conversations I'm having have everything to do with solving a problem, right? And that's, you know, as a, as a sales guy, the, the job is always to figure out what problem is our buyer or our prospective client experiencing and try to figure out the best course of action to solve that problem. And within the last, I don't know, 10 business days, it seems as though the business world globally got a whole bunch of new problems to deal with. And if you think about the kind of work that Phil does uh, and his team does over there, they're, you know, using technology is never been, has never been more important as it will be going forward because now it almost seems like the options are somewhat more realistic. You know, I can't imagine how many people out of the workforce are now working from home and I'm awfully curious to find out how many of them are going to go back. You know, we talked about this a little bit last week, but when you think about how employee engagement and catering to a less of a work-life balance mindset, which is one or the other, 
but more of an integrated, if you don't mind me, you know, plugging it a little bit here. Like, how do we integrate the professional component of our lives into the personal component of our lives and make life easier? And I well, think technology is the way to do that, right? So there's a whole well, technology lot of technology is, but but it's also our behaviors, it's our habits. I mean, and people were thrown into this. I, you know, I was on I, two calls. Amazing. I mean, people are still going about their business. Um, yesterday, uh, we picked. I had three calls. Um, two of them are very likely to become clients. The other, I'm, uh, you know, I was still evaluating. Um, but the people are hiring. I mean, they're calling for testing. Um, and again, in some industries, because there's some industries that are, are going to have to ramp up quickly, which is really where, uh, you know, the video interviewing and video conferencing and technology is going to help. Uh, but, you know, one of the challenges is, and I, I just read this this morning, as I said, things keep happening fast. Um, I read this in uh, an article this morning. And the uh, it was a vice president of marketing. Now, he was working for a software company. But his comment was, and, you know, I'm really interested in getting Phil's um, feel for this, too, is employees of all ages experience, this is a quote, employees of all ages experience a minimal learning curve, adapting to remote user-friendly digital tools. Now, he was referring to, like, Hangouts and Skype and Zoom. Um, I've got it. You know, I'm not as confident as he is. Um, not not that it's a minimal learning curve, but it seems that some a lot of people are challenged even with the simplest technology. Um, and you know, Keith, I mean, you're you're out there in the field. You're working a lot with that. And then uh, it, it'll be a good opportunity to to bring in Phil on that. Um, you know, am I just seeing the the dark side of this? Or are there a lot of people struggling with that, that people can use the tool until something doesn't work? Or, um, you know, again, VPNs and Internet, the, the band, our bandwidth within companies is being challenged. But, you know, even if all that was working well, it seems that a lot of people are, are, are challenged by using some of this technology. And now we just threw them in the deep end of the pool without a lifesaver um, to, uh, to, to figure it out. Is that true? I mean, are you seeing that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you, are you, yeah. Oh, sorry. Let me uh, uh, real quick. I'm optimistic with that one because change is here. And so people have less of an option of adopting. And yeah, there'll be that initial spike in terms of, you know, uh, IT department tickets being issued and people trying to figure out what to do next if something breaks and frustration will probably peak at the beginning of all this but i just think when all of that settles there'll be a much more efficient almost evolved workforce that's more connected than they've ever been yeah. phil uh, and, yeah phil and welcome phil phil strazula from uh, select software reviews yeah thank you guys so much for having me back it's fun to pick up the conversation despite everything that kind of going on. I think to your point, Ira, it, it sort of uh, the shift happens and you have to be ready and be nimble. And, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of HR and recruiting leaders are trying to scramble and figure out are how do we shift to a remote workforce? Uh, how do we shift to remote hiring for a lot of our roles? And we want to keep those things going. To, to your guys' point, there's a lot of industries that are not going to slow down during this, 
um, you know, healthcare, a lot of financial services. Actually, I talked to a mortgage company yesterday that is busier than ever because rates are so low and, and people are refining at, at such a rapid rate. Um, so there's all these shifts happening. And one thing that I think is actually pretty interesting is that, you know, there's, there's the tools that you need to do this stuff. Um, I think that person's comment is right that the learning curve on a lot of these tools actually is really uh, flat because they've just been so well designed. We've just gotten so good at building software over the last 20 or 30 years that a lot of people can just pick up stuff really intuitively. I think one of the biggest challenges for companies is actually the philosophy in which they use these tools. And what I mean by that is when you're not co-located in an office, there's lots of communication that doesn't happen explicitly or implicitly. There's lots of miscommunication that can happen. We've all, you know, seen these studies about like how you should use emojis and your emails and, and stuff like that because you can run the risk over digital communication of being very curt and being very rude with people. And so you have to have sort of an underlying philosophy that informs the tools that you use, but also more importantly, how you actually use them so that you can actually be effective. So, so let's take a step back. Um, and because we, we kind of literally just, we, we looked dove into the end of this because it's so, um, um, you know, it, it, it's such a hot topic and, and, and so important. Um, you guys are, I mean, you, you, I assume you're all working remote. I mean, you, you're, you're a tech, you know, you're a tech company. I know you had a place of business, but what are you using? I mean, how do you guys communicate? How are you, um, you know, one is tell everybody what you do, but then how are you communicating? Uh, how are you managing a remote workforce? Yeah, sure. So first off, kind of what Select Software does and maybe who I am. So I started my career off working in venture capital, doing early stage software investing into fast growing companies. Um, went to Harvard Business School, got my MBA, taught myself how to program, started a HR tech business. And then about a year ago, started another business called Select Software, where we're basically trying to help HR and recruiting teams find and buy the right software through free online unbiased research that we do. Um, so we spend all day long talking to practitioners, analysts, venture capitalists, anybody that we think is smart to understand, you know, how is AI like actually impacting recruiting processes? Um, what, what are the best applicant tracking systems? There's 300 solutions out there. Like what are the ones people should actually focus on, et cetera. And then we try to write everything up into the most practical, easy to comprehend and consume content out there so that when you're looking for a new solution or you've got a specific problem, you can save yourself a lot of time and research, and you can also make sure that you're going to actually partner with the right vendor. Excellent. I was going to say, you know, in the before time, I sold HR tech, and it is incredibly beneficial for companies to understand and, and take a look at some of the stuff Phil and his team are doing over at Software Select because, or sorry, Select Software, um, because there's so much noise and the, the goal isn't just to buy software. The goal is to use the software as a means to an end. And if you want that end to be successful, 
there's no reason anymore for for anyone in, in in you know town acquisition or HR to have to reinvent the wheel, and it just makes life a whole lot easier um, by doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm looking at an article that was posted. Everybody can go up for it. Uh, we'll make sure that we post that uh, in the uh, in the when the, the when this goes to the podcast and on the website as well. Um, but you can also just search for uh, top seven best video interviewing platforms, which we'll get to. Uh, it's on selectsoftwarereviews.com. Uh, Phil, I don't know if you did that um, purposely because we have the podcast or whether that was in your plans before, but it was certainly appropriate. Uh, and we'll be talking about that in, in, in just a minute. Uh, but one of the things that, uh, you know, that I want to make uh, everybody aware of is we're already getting some comments, so appreciate it. And we'll get to those questions. Uh, we are live today uh, so if you do have a question uh, I'll you can go you can call in at 561-623-9429 that's 561-623-9429 uh, or just go to uh, w4cy.com and uh, there's a live chat there and submit your questions and we will absolutely try to get to them uh, so Phil I mean this fit this fits in line with uh, what we were just you know kind of the trend and what we're headed with this before we get into some of your specific recommendations and best practice well not your recommendations because I, I know you want to be fair to everybody but you know um, some of the softwares that you've evaluated and then what, what are some of the best practices that that companies can look at but before we get there uh, Lance had a really good question and uh, like um, you know all your both your opinions on it how do you feel this shift in working from home is going to affect workplace activity uh, i don't know if that's currently or in the future but let's you know it, it, your choice how you want to deal with that so yeah i mean i think activity is an interesting use of words it can it can mean productivity it can mean how people interact um i think that a lot of people are worried about productivity falling when people work from home and I think that the common mantra around this is, well, that's ridiculous. Like, how do you know your employees in the office are actually performing and, and doing their job? Um, however, what I will say is that the companies that do work from home the right way have done it gradually. They have a lot of best practices in place. And this is somewhat anecdotal, but I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who runs HR at a 2,000-employee company that is really fast-growing. It was about, I don't know, three or 400 people this time last year. And what they've noticed amongst the people that they can track their productivity very closely, like salespeople, they've noticed that the uh, productivity has dropped off a cliff on a per person basis. And that could be because people are freaking out and reading the news a lot. Mm -hmm. It could be any number of things. They're trying to take care of their personal finances. This isn't really like a pure play case study and what it's like to work from home. But I think it's those sort of um, time acute factors, but it's also just the fact that this company, you know, in one week <laughs> switched to a work from home first policy and probably didn't have like all the controls in place. And so I think if your activity definition is productivity, you're probably going to see it drop off a cliff, to be quite honest. Um, and, and if you're talking about activity in terms of how people interact with each other, I think without the proper guidelines, it's going to be all over the place. And you're going to have a lot of employee relations issues when people are miscommunicating 
over email or not communicating enough or over communicating or whatever the case may be. And so it's really incumbent upon companies to very quickly ramp up and understand what the Zapiers and other work from uh, work remotely companies have done so well in order to be successful. Casey, what, what are your thoughts? I, I, the part that I like the most about this is that I don't really see there being much of a choice. I think that there are going to be enough companies out there that will offer home home working options because they've been able to accept that, albeit uncomfortable, they're gonna they're gonna hire people that get the work done, and those organizations are going to attract the people that are disgruntled that might not feel like their bosses or their employer trust them, and I think that we are we might be seeing that shift that we've been talking about for the last 18 months where there's going to be a much more faster paced connection between people within departments, people on teams, and uh, you know, maybe even different relationships between you know, the organizations that buy and sell products. I think we're going to see an enhanced connection take place. Yeah, and, and Phil, I mean, you, you know, again, I agree with you. I, I can see where productivity or activity fell off the, you know, the, uh, with a cl on a cliff. Um, because again, people, this happened overnight. I mean, people were told that, you know, you're not coming back to work. We got shut down. Um, there were government orders, um, to, you know, shelter in place, uh, in different places of the country. So, you know, part of it is, is a lot of, a lot of companies didn't have an infrastructure or the technology to be able to do this. Uh, they may have had it for a few clients or, you know, for, for a few people, you can work from home one day a week, but that was select and some people chose not to do it or some people did chose to do it. All of a sudden is seven days a week, you're home. Um, the VPNs were crashing like crazy. I was on a call the other day uh, and that was, that was the main issue is that people were at home, but they weren't able to gain access um, because their VPNs and their connections weren't there. Um, you know, there are tools like Hangout and Skype and uh, Slack, you know, is, is super popular. Um, it's amazing how, people, how many people, although they're fairly simple to use once you do it, uh, really struggle. I mean, getting it set up. Um, and then you also are dealing with what, what the capacity is at home. Not everybody is on a cable. I mean, there's still people on DSLs. Sometimes they're on the lowest package. They're on the plan. Their kids are playing. Now the kids are home at the same time. They're playing games. You know, it, it, so there, there's so many variables that, uh, again, I don't think anybody planned for. Um, so I can see on the short term where workplace activity, you know, where the activity and productivity goes down. But I, I don't think it's blaming it on the remote um, you know, on the remote aspect, I think it's just that it was not not planned for, not anticipated for uh, on this grand scale. And there's certainly some people that aren't prepared for it, but I, I think there's a combination of everything. And uh, as more people get used to it and find their way about over a week or two, uh, then, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see a rise in, in, you know, certainly in some areas. And if not, those companies may not be around for very long. If, if, the, if the employees aren't capable of getting their act together and the companies aren't capable of getting their act together, then I'm not sure, you know, I, I, you know, I think there, there's probably a bright opportunity for a lot of companies and some just may not make it. And Phil, Phil, let yeah. me throw something out there to you before the break comes up here and it gets here quick. Sure. 
you know, the three of us kind of wax philosophy about this stuff all the time as it relates to technology and, and workforce management. Do you, and so I think that, that we have kind of a, a more rare perspective when it comes to this stuff. But do you think, have you seen over there on your side a, an uptick in interest in purchasing software? Are you seeing any kind of trends as it relates to organizations actually now taking the time to learn about what, what kind of decisions and what software to make? You mean just in the last like couple of days sort of thing? Yeah, well, the last couple of days are probably an outlier. I'm just curious what the, what the state of, of, of business looked like prior to this. Was there an increase already in the making and now this just validates everybody's desire to learn more? Or is this really going to be a bull, the bull in the China shop? Um, yeah, so I, I think the trend is definitely people being more and more thoughtful about the first thing decisions that they make because everybody's gotten burned. Everybody sort of understands this stuff's important. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. And they can be really hard uh, solutions to rip and replace. In the last week, what I've seen is there's just a shift. So, you know, I, my website is sort of like the uh, go-to to learn about lots of different types of HR tech, recruiting, HR, payroll, whatever. And what I've seen is that, for example, the video interview category, the interest there is up about six or seven X over the last three weeks. And actually this week it's up like three X from last week, which is insane. And yep. the other categories are, they're basically flat. You know what I mean? Like they're not down, but they're not up. Um, but it's just that, people's attention because it's so important. If you got people in your hiring funnel, you got to keep them moving. How are you going to do that? Well, you can do FaceTime, maybe you can do Zoom, but really you're going to want to think about a dedicated inter video interview solution. Makes sense. Yeah, for, Makes for sense. sure. Yeah. So, hey, we are up against uh, our break. Uh, so we're going to take our, our break. We're going to introduce our sponsors, Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions. Uh, we want to thank both of them for helping us be on the air and allow us to have interviews like this. Uh, we are um, we're about a year and a half into this on W4CY.com, and we've had uh, six, almost 70 uh, interviews already. So appreciate uh, them helping us be here. So. Uh, we will be back in less than two minutes. Stay right where you are. Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We're with our guest, Phil Strazula. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's X-O-R.ai. 
Hi everyone, this is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf. I'm here with my co-host, Keith Campagna, and our guest today is Phil Strazula from Select Software Reviews. Uh, and we've been talking about all the changes that are going on, especially with remote work, uh, what that's going to look like, how that's affecting productivity, how we uh, we'll get into a little bit how what our forecast is going forward. Um, but Phil, really appreciate you being here, and as I said, very timely. Uh, you just published a, a review of seven or eight, I, I don't remember the exact number, of uh, different video interviewing platforms. Um, and, um, you know, people can go up to the website, selectsoftwarereviews.com, and, and see it there. Um, I, I don't want to get in, into any individual ones. Uh, however... Uh, what I'd like to do is talk about some of the best practices. So you were saying that traffic, I think, was up sixfold last week for video interviewing, uh, people looking at it. Uh, this week it's up another threefold. Um, what are, you know, you do a really nice outline uh, of what the companies are, but what are some of the things that if I'm an employer, I'm saying now's the time to do it. It's been on our table. We've just postponed it. We kept putting it off, but we've got to do it right now. Uh, we're looking for a, a video platform. Uh, what are some of the things, what are some of the steps that a company should go through? And Keith, we'll get your input on it too, as far as evaluating the ROI on it. So, so Phil. Yeah, sure. So I, I think, um, you know, in, in today's day and age, like most companies are probably thinking about this for the right reasons, which is <laughs> we've got to keep our, uh, recruitment process going despite the inability to meet in person and how do you actually do that well there's really only one way which is video interviews and so it, it's all about understanding um, I think short and long term how this is going to fit in you know if this is like a very temporary thing and you're a smaller organization you can probably get by with uh, FaceTime or WhatsApp video chat or whatever your sort of like preferred method of one-to-one -one video com conversation is. If you're thinking about this more from a long-term perspective, maybe you're like, hey, this COVID-19 thing is probably going to go on for a while. Or you know what? This is actually a real time saver for us. It allows us to interview more people for high vo volume hiring. Video interviews have been shown to increase to increase the show rate for interviews tremendously because people don't have to actually go somewhere to go to an interview. This is stuff like, you know, retail, et cetera. Um, then video interviewing can be a great thing for you. And it, it's all about understanding how it fits into your existing recruiting process and therefore what sort of vendors you want to partner with. And again, I think if you're a small company, if you're like a, 20 or 30 person company and you've already got a subscription to zoom or 
you just want to use something super cheap, like I think you can get away with FaceTime or whatever your existing video conference solution is. And then for most companies that have like a real recruiting apparatus, you're probably going to want to buy something that is specific to video interviewing that integrates with your applicant tracking system, that has scheduling built in, that has a lot of employer branding capabilities and all that good stuff. So, so that sort of, I mean, that leads into the question because, uh, again, we've got a lot of small organizations or maybe people, you know, especially now don't have a budget uh, to invest in it. So, you know, Zoom is a, an enormously popular package. There's a lot of other ones that are that are starting to come out. Uh, what What's the difference? I mean, why would why would somebody choose a video interviewing package like we, that, that you uh, talked about on, on the website versus just saying, hey, let's go with Zoom, let's go with Skype? Let's go with FaceTime. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny because somebody from uh, Harvard, of all places, emailed me this exact question yesterday in response to some of the content we put out. And my response well, is that- You made me you feel know, one, smart. <laughs> exactly, yeah, there you go. It's almost like you're an alumni. Um, <laughs> so I, I think like the video interview packages have a few bells and whistles that actually make them worth the incremental investment. So one, it's gonna integrate with your applicant tracking system. So your recruiters don't have to like go and use another system. When somebody has moved to the right stage within your ATS, they're automatically going to get a uh, link sent out to schedule a video interview. You can see the results and, and do all that jazz directly from the ATS. And, and that's huge because the login fatigue is really big, especially in the recruiter world. And so if you want to have the, the usage, that's important. Um, two is scheduling. So interviews get rescheduled all the time. There are busy people on both ends of that camera. And so that sort of you know AI-ish um, scheduling capability is big. The video interview platforms have on-demand capabilities. You can send people uh, questions that they answer in their own time, and then you can review those questions. There's some compliance stuff um, as well built into these platforms. There's employer branding aspects where you can, with your emails that you send to people, you can set the right expectations. You can have a pre-roll, essentially advertisement talking about your company. Um, there's just like lots and lots of little features that make this a much better platform than Zoom or Skype. And so like, if you're gonna be hiring more than like 10 people a year and you're gonna use video interviews, it almost always makes sense to go with one of these platforms. Yeah, I mean, even for a small company, uh, and again, we I work with a lot of medium, small businesses. Uh, even last week, just last week, is probably the last one for a while. Uh, I presented at a local Sherm chapter, and uh, it was it was about more on recruitment. And I had everybody, you know, I said, how many people are using technology? Um, and then I flipped the question, and asked how many people were actually still using spreadsheets for their payroll. Yeah, and you know, oh god. <laughs> What was that answer like, by the way? Ira? Ira, how many people are still using spreadsheets? Um, there was probably about eight uh, or nine hands that went up out of about wow. 75. Yeah, I mean, it was way too many. <laughs> it, was way, it was way too many, yeah. 
Hey, Phil, I'm, I'm going to be guilty of the, the old adage, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right. Uh, since you last came on the show, I start. I joined a startup company. You know, we've talked about how the ROI shop helps build value calculators so that you could quantify the business value of buying a product or a software or or uh, you know a service. With the way that the the economy and and the momentum of the business world has essentially come to a screaming halt, in my mind, once everything starts to pick up the CFOs and the controllers inside of organizations aren't exactly going to be handing out purchase orders. How can somebody in human resources validate or a talent acquisition? You know, what are some of the ways that software like video um, interviewing software can make an impact so that the, the CFO can, you know, have confidence in putting limited company resources into new technology like this? Yeah, I, I think there's three main ways that I would quantify the ROI. Um, we actually have an ROI calculator that goes into one of these on the website, it's like a spreadsheet you can download, make it bespoke for your company. But basically, I, I think one of the big ways is through on-demand recruiting, um, you can have candidates answer a bunch of questions and we, we all know anybody who's interviewed anybody within three to five minutes, you kind of understand whether or not you want to move somebody forward. And so if you've got somebody answering three or four questions, you can spend five minutes vetting them and understanding if you want to move them forward or, or not versus doing a 45 minute phone screen. And it's very simple to multiply that math out and be like, all right, you know, we need, let's say, 15 phone screens for every hire that we made. And so each of those phone screens used to be an hour. Now they're five minutes. We're basically saving 15 hours per hire. Our recruiters make, let's say, 70 bucks an hour. So 15 times 70, uh, that's like 1,300 bucks. So we're, we're saving 1,300 bucks per hire. That feels pretty good. So that that's one really interesting way, I think, to quantify the impact of video interviewing. I think in like the COVID-19 era, what it's actually doing is it's allowing you to hire. It's almost like a binary thing where if you don't have this, you're not going to make the hire. So I was talking to three different friends uh, last week, and each of them are in interview processes, and almost none of the companies that they're interviewing with have communicated with them about next steps. They've all basically just like gone dark. And it's probably because those recruiting teams are scrambling. They're trying to figure out like, okay, what do we do? When are we going to reopen the office? Blah, blah, blah. And the very few companies, like I think two of the companies that each of these people are interviewing with collectively have actually been like, okay, here's the deal. Like we don't really know what's going on. We're going to schedule a video interview with you next week. We're going to keep the process moving. Each of these people are going to make 200K plus. And so the cost for hiring somebody like that is really, really, really high. And so if you can save like one or two recruiter fees by hiring somebody that came through inbound just because you have a better candidate experience, you're going to make a lot of money. Like each of those people has 40K saved in a recruiter fee. Um, so that's another way I would quantify it. And, and the last way is or high volume hiring. 
So the exact opposite end of the spectrum, people making maybe 15 bucks an hour, they're doing retail jobs. These folks have a no-show rate for interviews. Anybody who's ever hired people for warehouses, for retail, et cetera, knows that a lot of people don't show up for interviews. And when you do it through video interview, it just makes it much more accessible. Somebody doesn't have to take the day off. They don't have to get childcare. They can just show up for the interview for 30 minutes online. They can meet all the people that they need to. You know, on the hiring end of the spectrum, they can just pass around an iPad. You spend 15 minutes with each, each of the people on the floor, and then you get a go, no-go decision really quickly. And so if you increase the show, no-show rate by 30%, and you multiply that throughout your hiring funnel, you know, again, like let's say we need X amount of people to do interviews to get Y amount of hires. We increase X by 30% that's going to decrease our overall cost per hire. It's also going to incre decrease our time to fill, which allows us to better service our customers and stuff like that. So there's lots of different ways to tackle it. It depends on your company. It depends on if you're thinking about it just for right now during COVID-19 or if you're thinking about it long-term. But without a doubt, there is an ROI for video interviewing platforms. I love those answers. And Ira, if, uh, and Phil, I'll expect that you as a former guest and now two-time guest, you listen to every one of our podcasts almost religiously. But in the event you missed us a few weeks ago, we had Kevin Grossman and Jerry Crispin on talking about the candidate experience and how mind-blowing the, the statistics are as it relates to your good old-fashioned Nobody ever gets in touch with the candidate during the process. And something you had mentioned kind of triggered my memory, thinking that if through the video conferencing software, you're able to communicate or at least make it that much easier where a recruiter can then say, sorry, there's not a good match right now. You know, because they have all this freed up time, it almost seems like there's that residual benefit because not only were you able to streamline the process, not only were you able to increase the value of the recruiter's time, you're able to do things with that extra time. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, so as as you're both talking, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that you know, I, I was busy yesterday. I mean, I, totally unexpected getting get three incoming calls uh, that were looking, you know, that they were hiring. Um, you know, one was in sales, uh, but one was in sales. Uh, they're in the construction business, and they're expecting an uptick, not for new construction, but for remodeling and, and problems. And, you know, even in Salt Lake City, right before we went on, I think there was an earthquake out there. So there are some industries that, that you're still going to need workers uh, to be able to go out there, and uh, they, they need to interview on the fly. But healthcare. Uh, and distribution and transportation. They're all industries that are ramping up big time uh, for logistics, getting supplies, uh, having providers. Um, they're not prepared for this. I mean, especially in healthcare. I mean, it's been a notoriously slow um, uh, uh, industry. Uh, at adoption, not not from a technology standpoint, but especially, um, well, from a technology, not from the clinical side, but from the uh, people management side. And so there are some immediate opportunities uh, with companies that I can see 
uh, that they, you know, we're video interviewing, whether it is, you know, as simple as FaceTime or whether it's uh, looking at a, a bigger application like you were talking about, Phil, uh, you know, some immediate needs there. Um, and, you know, afterwards, um, you know, again, I think people are, uh, you know, which leads into a, a question here, and I'd like your opinion on it from one of the other, uh, from Jeff, who sent it in, is where do you think this is going afterwards? Um, here, here's my opinion, and you can disagree or, or agree with it and then uh, kind of uh, fill in the blanks there. Um, I think that once, because this isn't going to be like a one-week home, this, this isn't like a, a hurricane where we're asking everybody to stay home for a week and then come back in the office. Uh, you know, they're, they're talking anywhere from, you know, I don't think the two-week minimums are going to go, but, you know, four weeks, six weeks. Now they're talking even, you know, six months um, that people are going to be uh, at home. People are going to get used to working at home. I mean, they're going to change their lifestyle. They don't have to commute. Uh, they may want to go into the office to see people every once in a while. Uh, but what's your feeling? Is, is this is this going to be the tipping point where uh, telecommuting and w remote work goes over the top? And, and therefore, um, whether it's video interviewing or video conferencing or video meeting, um, a lot more is going to be done online. What, uh, I'll throw that out to each of you. So I personally think that if this goes on for – more than six months and companies iron out the kinks that it could be the dawn of, you know, two or three X more people working from home, working remotely. I think if it just lasts a month or two, it's actually going to have the exact opposite effect because companies just weren't prepared for this. And I'm hearing a lot of stuff is breaking, you know, communications, people's mm -hmm. workplace relationships, productivity, and so I think it's actually going to be a thing where people are like, oh, my gosh, that was such a disaster. Like, why would we ever do that again sort of thing? Um, I also think that, you know, there are, there are a lot of people that love working from home. I'm one of them. And I look at, you know, a lot of my friends are like, this is terrible. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I like going to the office. I've got friends in the office. I like going to the office gym and, and sort of my whole routine. So there's, there's actually a large segment of the population that enjoys that ritual more than the ritual of being cooped up in the same place where they spend the rest of their lives. And again, all this stuff is in the context of, I can't leave, I can't go to a restaurant, there's all this extra stress, I'm worried about my stock portfolio, blah, 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 we weren't prepared for it. Um, but I think people might just remember working from home is not the best from both the employee and the HR perspective. Interesting. Keith, what do you think? Um, I think that everyone's going to have to wait to next week because we're running out of time here and I want to leave time for <laughs> Phil to plug uh, or, yeah. you know, plug, share. Um, I know the website select software reviews with an S.com. Phil, anywhere, any other places, any other ways people can get a hold of you? Uh, no, that's the best place to look me up or, you know, LinkedIn or whatever, social media. Yeah. All right, cool. And now just, you know, for, for the record, there's a whole bunch of other, you know, software um, types that Phil's team uh, vets and reviews, and it's all on the website. So it's not just about video conferencing. I'm sure that if this conversation caught your attention out there, you're, uh, there's plenty of information that might be able to help you with things outside of video conferencing as well. Ira, what are your thoughts about all the shift hitting the, hitting the plan? 
Um, well, it's it's uh, it's evolving even faster than I can keep up with. Uh, you know, even even with what Phil was saying, uh, you know, as far as uh, you know, we'll we'll after if this only lasts a month or two. Uh, the challenge with after a month or two is that schools are still out. I mean, people can't revert. You know, go back to the way it was real quick. Um, and then the supply chain is going to be disrupted. So, I mean, I, I just think it's going to last longer than two or three three months. And and but I, I think technology. I, I believe and uh, is that technology is just going to be a bigger and bigger part of work. Um, and it's going to change. You know what what does you know? I wrote in my book um, that people don't go to work anymore. Are starting to not go to work anymore. And um, you know, so I I think that there's going to be a lot. It, it there'll be a blend. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot more people that do work from home on a regular basis. So that's my take. Uh, Phil, hey, thank you. It was, uh, as I said, the uh, uh, you know, probably a pertinent topic. A uh, lot more questions. Uh, people have them. I know they can reach out to you um, and go to select uh, softwarereviews.com or check with Phil's Trezula on uh, LinkedIn. I know he's always responsive that way. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show again. Again, very tough times, uh, very challenging times, uh, but there's a lot of good things that are happening. So I hope you'll stay tuned and and uh, join Googleization Nation uh, for some updates about shows. We got a couple live streams coming up next week, Keith. I think you're one of them. Uh, we're going to be talking yep. about that. Yeah, Monday. Uh, we'll get out that time. Um, planning some webinars. Uh, that we're doing, and I have got a ton of resources, things I read, articles, um, information, recommendations from, from people, not only involving around work, but um, a lot of people are struggling with what, how do they keep their kids entertained at, at home uh, during this crisis? Not entertained, but how do they educate them? And uh, there's a, a entrepreneurship at its best. There's a there's a whole lot of new sites that are very ed educational focused, and um, you know we'll, we'll, be, we'll be posting them in there as well. Um, remember to, that uh, my book, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization 2.0, is still available for free. Uh, you can go to join.googleizationnation.com. Uh, Keith and I are always interested in what you're hearing. Thanks uh, to Lance and Jeff for the comments and a few other people that we weren't able to get to. We will get to them later. Uh, thanks again to Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions for helping us be on the air. So next week, 1 p.m., Wednesday, Eastern Time on W4CY.com, where you can catch us on any of uh, your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, uh, you name it, we're there. And you can go to GeekSkeezersGoogleization.com. So until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans. Mm -hmm.